severely messed Artists like their boots are torn to shreds The government will spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retreat and scheme There's such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government has decimated the industry And now the years of hard work have been thrown away Just get a real job Hello and welcome back to Just Get A Real Job, the podcast where we speak to emerging creatives and creatives alike from across the creative industries. I'm of course your host, Jamie McKinley, and we have another brilliant episode in store for you this week. As I was joined by musician and songwriter Jodie Findlay, also known as Sylvie, and it was an absolute pleasure to have her on the podcast. I'm a fan of her music. If this is the first time you'd come across her music as well, there'll be samples of it in this episode, but if you enjoy what she has to say, go and check out her music as well. It's great. Sylvie's also playing. This is the thing with people with the, with the two names. I did this with Matt and Brown Bear. It's like, you, you don't know which one to call them. I did this in the episode as well. But Jodie or Sylvie, whatever, you know who I mean. But there's links to her music in the show notes. So if you enjoy this episode, be sure to go and support um, her music. Because, you know, the local music scene, it's not an easy industry to get into. So all the support you can give anyone in that scene is very, very important. But yeah, it was a great conversation. Jodie spoke about how she sort of got into songwriting and music. She spoke about how she's overcome anxiety and stage fright and how she still sort of has to work on that which was really really nice of her to open up about really inspiring as well got to ask her about the local music scene as well which we now had quite a few scottish musicians on this podcast including matt hickman from brown bear we'd had zach from dictator band on already as well tad fiona lydell so they'd had some great guests from that scene on so if you are very into that scene and you're, that's why you're listening to this week's episode um, and you haven't heard those conversations be sure to go back and check them out as well but yeah it was an absolute joy to have jodie on and I'm sure you're going to like this week's conversation. And she also has some gigs coming up as well. So there's links to all that in the show notes, but keep an eye out for that. But before I get into this week's episode, I just wanted to quickly mention it's Mental Health Awareness Week here in the UK. And something we always try to do on this podcast is is be very open and honest about, I'm very open and honest about mental health and my struggles with that. Elliot, who edits this podcast, is also very open about his mental health and how he's feeling. So I just wanted to mention that because I think men especially struggle to be open about their mental health often. But, you know, remember, it's always okay to talk. There's lots of services online. It's a really hard time, especially after the last two years in the pandemic but you know it's important if you are feeling alone and sad just remember that there's places you can turn to and you know it is okay and it's okay to not be okay that's the main message of that and even in this week's episode another example as I mentioned earlier me and Jodie had a really interesting conversation about both of us having anxiety and I think you know it's absolutely fine to to be honest about that and to own it it's not a stigma or at least it shouldn't be anyway that's enough the deep stuff out the way but yeah as always as well if you're a new listener thank you so much for listening and remember we're an independent podcast so word of mouth is our greatest tool to grow so if you really enjoy this week's episode be sure to share on social media be sure to tell friends and family to listen and also we have a patron as well and there's links to that underneath the podcast podcast i think that was all the housekeeping rules but anyway that's enough waffle from me i hope you enjoy episode 78 of just get a real job with the very talented jodie finley aka sylvie hi jodie it's lovely to meet you in person or on zoom even if it kind of feels like it does you know it feels like you're meeting something new but it's, it's lovely to have you on the podcast thank you for giving up your wednesday evening I'm very excited to have you. Thank you for having me. And to be honest, this is how we've met 
like virtually basically every single person during lockdown anyway so <laughs> it's just like the new way to meet people yeah no it definitely is it definitely is but I, just before we get into the proper like interview question just if you want to quickly introduce yourself because your sort of stage or musician name is, is, is you go by Sylvie obviously and and like that's what most people listening will probably know you as but just want to quickly tell listeners a bit about like you and what sort of music you make and stuff like that cool yeah so my name is Jodie and as you say I go by the name Sylvie and I started making mute well I've made music a lot during my life but I started Sylvie during lockdown so it was sort of August 2020 so I've been doing the sort of music scene Scottish indie music scene thing since then and then at the start of this year I've started gigging because of cancellations and Covid and everything I only finally got to do my first gig in February this year so yeah just kind of feel like a newbie in a lot of aspects but not necessarily in some so yeah but like you know it's interesting you say you feel like a newbie and stuff because I feel like the sort of buzz around you like you know you see on social media like you have a lot of support like you, I remember the other month you were selling t-shirts and loads of people were buying them and things so like it must be really weird start like starting doing something in lockdown like that and then like emerging from it already sort of feeling like you have a bit of a following and then you but you never gigged before that's like just really interesting must be a weird thing to get your head around as well it's yeah it's super strange the t-shirt thing was an outer body experience when the orders were coming in I was just like especially when it was people that names I didn't recognize Mm. I was like no way this must be a joke this is one of my friends put like palm or something (laughs) rather than their actual name (laughs) but yes yeah it was it was strange and I think I'm in a really unique position like a few people that have started during lockdown it's so strange to be doing your first gig and actually already have that sort of established you know like not that I've got thousands or anything but established with people already that because you've been you know active on social media and as a musician so to speak for over a year before you even could gig so yeah it was quite it was quite strange but very welcome the the support it's been brilliant yeah no it is really weird separating that sort of virtual support or like get you know buzz or whatever you do when you do something and then you're getting all this admiration virtually or like seeing people are like interacting with you and then sort of it being in real life I don't know I find that with the podcast like we started in lockdown as well and like yeah. we did our first live podcast like last October in front of an audience stuff, things like that and it's, it's really weird because it almost doesn't feel real sometimes getting a night like a lovely message from somebody going that I really enjoyed this episode it was really inspiring for example the sort of thing sometimes get and it's like almost because yeah. like, you're like I'm kind of just doing this from a room so like, yeah just imagine for you going back or something that kind of odd yeah just an odd feeling but also really exciting as well yeah that was that's so cool I didn't realize you did a live podcast mm. I've listened to quite a few of the Spotify ones but I don't realize yeah well it was so we sort of recorded it as well it was weird when we did it for like um the Scottish Youth Film Foundation so it was like a sort of rant it wasn't really our audience that were there it was like their audience came to see us do sort of a panel thing so it was all it was it was a weird but it was still really interesting to sort of be in a real life thing and not you know being my room on zoom so yeah it I just yeah. yeah totally can imagine for you being that first gig in February must have been like blowing your mind in an amazing way yeah yeah it was it was really strange and it was strange as well that people that had followed me from lockdown that I'd never known had like came to the gig and meeting them in person and being able to actually thank them in person because for so long it was I would tweet people back and I'd be like oh I can't wait to thank you in person because they were just so brilliant during lockdown that I as a person I'm so used to being able to thank every single person and because primarily the people who supported me before lockdown was just friends and family so it was uh, it was quite strange to suddenly have people that you didn't know and to be able to get to know them and and their story and where they're from and and stuff it was really cool 
to connect yeah. over what, what you both are. Yeah, it's a really amazing thing. Like, I, I mean, I've been loads of friends just doing this podcast and like people are now meeting like from other parts of the UK. It's, it's bizarre and it's a lovely, one of the positive sides of the internet, definitely. Yeah. 100%. Like, sometimes you can get really down about like, if you get a, a bad experience on, on the internet, but then you have to remind yourself that there's, I mean, there's so many people in my life that have just completely enhanced my life to the full. And I would not have met them if it hadn't been for one, for music or two, for being online in that community. So yeah, definitely yeah. could not agree with that more. No, that's really exciting. But just to, to kickstart the podcast, I mean, I know you'd listen to a few episodes, but like, usually I like just start the podcast by asking all our guests to talk about their sort of earliest sort of creative memory. So do you remember like you first maybe considered, I'd really like to get into music. I'd, maybe, I'd really like to become like a, a writer, a songwriter, et cetera. Yeah, well, I was speaking to my mum about this. That's why I'm in my kitchen just now, because my mum's here at the moment visiting. <laughs> so she's in the living room and I'm subjected to the kitchen. We've not got like a, a window in the kitchen either. So there's like, I've got this lamp in the kitchen because the light <laughs> such a big noise so that's why I look like I'm in a cupboard but I'm actually in the kitchen yeah I was talking to her about it just before I came on here and she was saying oh well remember we've got home videos I was really lucky like my dad had a camcorder and filmed quite a lot of my childhood and it's really cool to to have that sort of footage of me writing my first I've got footage of me writing my first song it's it's about like flowers <laughs> and it's about like a made up girl that loves flowers and quite a banger if I do say it. No, I'm kidding. It's not. <laughs> I think it's a banger now because I've sang it my entire life, like making a joke of it. But yeah, so, and that was, I think I was three or four and I've got an Etch-A-Sketch thing, you know, those things that I don't even know how they yeah, work. Yeah, I know the ones you mean. I, I think I've had one as well. I think a lot of people had them probably from the, sort of our generation. But yeah, I've, I've yeah. totally forgot they were a thing. Yeah, well, there you go. Unlocked some new nostalgia for you and hopefully for people <laughs> listening. Some people like will not know what that is, but anyway. You can Google yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I wrote it, but it wasn't writing because I couldn't really write because I was like three. It was just uh, sort of drawings of what I wanted each line to be. So it was like about, the first line was about the girl, the second line was about the flowers so that's early memories of that and I was always just really had a very loud voice so in primary school and nursery and stuff because I loved music because my my mom is a massive music fan I would always be singing all the time that I always had mm. a song stuck in my head so from a really early age I was always quite established as like the one who sang but I wasn't good but I was just loud so I was like the loudest in the choir and stuff and it wasn't until I was sort of in my sort of teens sort of mid to late teens that I was kind of like okay I would like to actually be good at singing now <laughs> so I, I did I think like two lessons but other than that I did sort of musical theatre and stuff growing up just for confidence and, mm. and things like that anyway and I really really enjoyed that and I wanted to do that as a career for a while but then sort of 2019 I decided that I didn't want to do sort of acting or anything like that and dancing because I'm atrocious and I wanted <laughs> to really focus on my original songs because I was constantly writing songs and they were never going anywhere because I was never gigging so it was 2019 that I did my first official gig but that was as Jodie Findlay my my actual name and then I completely just shat a brick and I've got very very bad anxiety just in general mm. so I didn't really think that one through because I put myself on stage in a really vulnerable position and I was not good I really badly crumbled and I would never get the 
the songs out the way I wanted them to to sound and stuff because I was trembling like it just sounded so bad so yeah and then took a little bit of a break and then through lockdown just sort of tried my best to write the songs and release them and then had to gig once lockdown was finished yeah well there's a lot there's a lot to unpack in that but just on the anxiety <laughs> yeah, on, yeah no in a, no in a good way in a good way there's, I'm just like it's like you, when you do a podcast it's, it's interesting because I, I always say especially when I'm interested in my guest that I've got on it's like you sometimes have to remind yourself you're not just listening to a podcast I'm happily I'm ha- happily just listening to you because I'm interested in what you're saying but then you're like you also have to think I'm gonna ask a question from this but then right. there's a, then a few questions crop up so you know you got to try and pick your it's, it's not easy I'm still learning even like 78 episodes in or whatever but I was going to sort of the first First, I wanted to talk about the musical theatre thing because I find that really interesting because I, I did a bit of musical theatre stuff when I was a teenager as well. So I just wondered, like, what sort of shows were you doing and stuff? Just out of curiosity. Oh, God. Okay, so I was Annie and Annie. No one in my primary school will ever forget that because... <laughs> It was just like the only thing that I was known. It was like my identity for a while. Mm. And then I went to Glasgow Acting Academy. So that was like every weekend I would go there and I I worshipped it. It was the best time of my life. I don't know what I would have done without that throughout Mm. high school started there when I was 12 and went right up until I was 17 and I've still got friends from that that are doing amazing things in acting and then other friends that have went away and done completely different things so it's all just it's really cool how all of us have went into different things and I'm one of the ones that have went into music but yeah so with them I did the likes of like Avenue Q and things like that I did with another theatre company I did like Alice in Wonderland like showcases and stuff but a lot of the time I did plays so I could list like a million plays that I've done because I primarily wanted to do acting more than musical theatre for a while because I didn't think I had a good enough voice (laughs) and now I'm doing music so it doesn't really make sense but no it's interesting I love the thing you said about dancing as well because I I was always not a bad singer and an all right actor but I, I just cannot dance a terrible right. dancer like I, I i got like i think a supporting role in we were rocky in high school it was like the one, one of the main things i did when i was younger and like there's a dvd of it i've never watched the back because i just do not want to see how bad a dancer i am and i'm okay with being a bad dancer like you know i'm not being negative i genuinely just know i was a terrible dancer so like I, I, if anyone that's a triple triple threat i just don't really trust them you know what i mean i'm like what <laughs> That's so cool. So what other roles did you do? Nothing big. Like I did a lot of like chorus stuff. I was in like where I'm from in Glen Office, I did Gamma, which was like this sort of local amateur dramatics thing. I think I can't even remember what the show was called. I only did two big things and I did a lot of just sort of small acting roles in drama, but I mean, it was never really my thing. Yeah, I don't know. But that's why I always love speaking to musicians because my big thing when I was a teenager, I want to be a singer. I want to be like the front man of an indie band, which the dream is not happening now. Like I've taken a totally different career path, but like, I mean, that's what I wanted to do. I was in bands and stuff as a teenager like which was great but you know anyway it's, okay. it's, just, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that you did stuff with school because I never did it like my school did not support any of that kind of thing like they never did shows or anything which is why I had to travel to Glasgow to do it mm. so it's good that you got to sort of experience that through school and and see whether you liked it or not because I think like there could have been a lot of people in my school that maybe didn't have the support at home or didn't have an interest for it initially like I did and then as a result never got to do it yeah yeah, yeah. no definitely I, but I mean this is again something to talk about the podcast is just not enough this happens so often in most communities like there isn't enough sort of opportunities for the arts and like I was maybe quite lucky in 
the latter part of high school that I got to do that show but apart from that there wasn't really much else and you know there wasn't a lot like when I was saying it was an abandoned stuff there wasn't hardly any places for that to be nurtured really and we just weren't good enough but that's by the by but I also on that before I sort of go on to ask you about where you're from and stuff because I'm interested in that too I want to sort of ask about the anxiety stuff you mentioned which I appreciate you opening up about as well but like how have you sort of come to terms with that now like especially coming back at lockdown and having to go back on stage like are you able to sort of work on that now when you perform live or do you still have that sort of and you're just maybe become a bit more confident in yourself yeah I mean yes and no it's interesting that you say that like it's good to open up about it because I've made the conscious decision now to actually actively talk about it because for so long I was trying to mask it and people would wonder why I maybe was not didn't have as much of a personality certain times or whatever because I was just so even my family some of my family who don't you know who I don't spend that much time with if I'm really anxious they see a different side of me and they're kind of like what the hell but yeah it's always something I've really struggled with like since since primary school really bad separation anxiety from my mom and and things like that so it's been quite deep-rooted throughout my childhood so that's one of the main reasons why my mum put me into theatre school because she wanted to try and get my self-esteem and my confidence Mm. up and, and things like that so just sort of by default I've ended up loving music and all things to to do with things that are actually really nerve-wracking which doesn't really go well with someone who's anxious but in terms of gigging now I really really struggle like the week the week before the gig is a write-off I can't make any arrangements with people I can't I can't do anything the day of the gig because I'll just be a mess I I also don't want to be around people because I don't want them to judge me for like how awful I am like how I don't know I'm just really really nervous but there's something that comes over me when I actually get on stage now that is something to do with lockdown because pre-lockdown I would go on stage and no matter what I did I could not sing like the way I wanted to and I was so frustrated because I was like how am I ever gonna do this career that I really really want to do and something that I really love if I can do it in my house by myself but then the minute I step in front of people it just won't come out because my voice would tremble so badly that I couldn't do the runs that I would usually do or I couldn't belt the notes I usually would belt it was just it's really really difficult to control your voice when you don't have any control over it because of your nervous system so as a result lockdown gave me that time to release music that I wanted to release and not have the consequence of having to play it live so it kind of meant that I didn't have that pressure so then I got to just be my authentic self through my music and my voice could be the way that I wanted it to be and I didn't need to think about how I was going to sing it live because to be honest for a while I thought we're probably never going to come out of a lockdown. <laughs> bit cynical but anyway so then when I finally did get all this support that I got which I never expected in a million years it sort of spurred me on that I was like okay I am meant to do this I, I really want to do it I've pushed through it's the only thing that's got me through lockdown knowing that I can create stuff and make something out of nothing sort of thing so it gave me a new lease of life with it that I was like okay so now every time I go on stage I just kind of take a deep breath and I go it'll be okay eventually like you were meant to do this and just kind of ride the wave until the the shakiness and my voice goes away and then I really enjoy it now I get really lost in it and it's something that I never thought would happen so it's a great feeling because 
I never thought that I would get to that point and I, and I have now so yeah I think it's the only thing I can really say I think it's been lockdown that's that's done it yeah no that, that that's that's amazing and like I've seen I've never I've not had the chance to see you music live yet I hope they will soon but like I've seen like clips from you like oh you know for example when you opened for a dictator I think it was at stereo recently things like that and like you know you don't seem nervous at all you'd like properly like lost it as you say and it's great that you got to that point and like, I think a lot of people can relate to you about the anxiety like I'm I mean listeners will know this from like you know all the time I'm very open on the I'm very I'm naturally a very anxious person as well like I'm always constantly worried about stuff and you know I, I think a lot of people are and I think that's absolutely fine I think it's interesting you say that like your mum wanted you to get into to like sort of theater school and things to like help you build your confidence because I think it really can and I think it, that expression really does so it's great that you you sort of got to a place where you feel comfortable on stage and a, a lot more than you used to and uh, as I say I appreciate you opening up about that because I think it's just important for people to hear because you know there'll be a lot of people listening that feel the exact same as you 100% yeah do you feel lockdown made any changes to your anxiety coming out of lockdown did it help it or hinder it sort of thing definitely helped it for me as well I think I think it just gave me a time like a reset time I don't know how to explain it just sort of this first you know a lot of us have never taken a break and taken a breath and be like what and like reassess things I think this podcast has done the most for it actually because I never thought this was never meant to be anything so I think the fact that I speak to somebody new every week for an hour and have like a really deep conversation and then people actually listen to it is just insane and I, I don't know I was on the train the other day going back to Fife where I'm from and I there was an old man and he started talking to me and see a year or two even two years ago I would have been like no like I would have like I just couldn't have done that do you know what I mean I would have been nervous but now I just spoke to him for an hour I, I, like as if we were interviewing him on the podcast or something it was like and I really enjoyed it and it just felt really natural and I thought to myself like that wouldn't have been possible without this so I think it's probably a similar thing to you having you know releasing your music and getting that sort of feedback on it and feeling it, it just gives you a, a boost doesn't it definitely yeah, you, you probably made that old man's day as well like and to be honest I get what you mean about being able to reset like that I think that is the main reason I think a lot of us needed that we came out of school we were rushed into whatever we were doing like whether mm. it be or in a job or whatever and it just yeah it gave you time as a creative person to really hone in on what you wanted and be like okay when this shit show is over like what am I going to do with my life because you had so much time to sit on nothing and be like okay like when I get out of this jail I'm going to make something of my life like I want to do something with it I don't want to waste any more time basically so yeah yeah no definitely 100% but like I, I get I also want to move on to the next part of, of, of what I want to ask about where you're from because I don't actually exactly know but you're from the West Lothian right is that sort of part of Scotland that you grew up in right is that is that correct yeah yeah so I'm from a tiny village in West Lothian called Mid Calder. It's next to Livingston. Yeah, yeah, I know roughly. I I think there's a train station there, right? Is there a train station or West? I think I've been to West Calder before. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, West Calder. West Calder. There's West Calder, East Calder, and Mid Calder. So I'm in the middle. Yeah. So yeah, it's very minimal. It's just like a sort of. It's a village that in like medieval times or something, cows and horses would rest there on their way from Glasgow to Edinburgh because it's a sort of (laughs) central point. So yeah, really good, really good kind of like transport links to Edinburgh. Not so good to Glasgow. You need to go to one of the two train stations that are not in accessible areas at all. So I really relied on like my mum to take me or some or a lift to the train station or whatever to get to Glasgow. But Edinburgh was quite good because I could get a direct bus to Edinburgh basically from my door. So it wasn't too bad. But Mid Calder itself doesn't have much, especially yeah. in your guys. <laughs> but like, how has that sort of influenced you? Do you think? 
where you are now with your music and stuff because obviously like I think I heard you talk about this I think it's a state of mind podcast that you went on or like the sort of whatever it is it's like a YouTube channel or something but anyway I remember you talking about bit like sort of the music scene from West Slovian and how that is like sort of in a really good place in a way that's maybe given a bit more attention to artists like yourself in a way that maybe would never have happened before which I kind of talked to Zach from Dictator about as well when he was on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I think I did talk about it on that podcast it's it's weird it's I think it's a lot of it is to do with such, it was such a massive rise for Lewis Capaldi and f- for where we are from, that was just unheard of. And I think maybe prior to that, people maybe still saw it as quite unattainable. So as a sort of pipe dream, as opposed to an actual attainable thing. So I think the minute Lewis did it, all of his friends who were gigging alongside him were kind of like, okay, he started where we are, we are right now. Why can't we do that? So I think, and I never personally, I wasn't on the scene yet when Lewis was was on it. So, but I, a lot of the people that I now class as really good friends gigged with Lewis and stuff. So I've heard a lot of stories and yeah, West Lothian itself, as you probably know, doesn't have many venues up to note but the venues that are there they're really passionate about putting on new artists new bands and stuff also where we're from I don't know if you have this where you're from but there's like a gala day do you have that I think yeah I think Fife will have definitely have a few gala days like I don't know whether I went to any of them is another story but yeah they're definitely a thing well because I was talking to my mum about this as well and I was like I actually think the gala day had quite a big influence in me sort of realizing that I wanted to be a performer as well because I would enter the karaoke competition every year and Hmm. win money like you would actually win money and so every year I was like well I need to go in for it again because I need the dollar and it's probably more than I've got paid for gigs now like (laughs) so yeah so it was a big it was a big culture kind of like every year being like okay can I win it this year sort of thing and from that sort of people where you're from getting to know that you sing and stuff like that so yeah I I don't know if you've had an answer like that before but I was trying to think of like a unique thing about where I was from yeah (laughs) yeah no but I, I was I mean I know you and Zach aren't from the same place, but live, you've seen Livingston's quite close. But I, when he was on, we were sort of talking. So I think Glen Roth is it's the same type of place where there's not a lot of like musical things or creative things or anything like that really going on. Like I always say that now, but working in TV, I'm like, I feel like I almost don't belong there in the sense because that never felt like something that was ever possible where I was from. Like no one where I was from was really doing anything like that. So it must, yeah. you know, it's kind of the same for you in the sense that like, you know, now, now being a musician, obviously there's that wider scene in the West Lovian and in Scotland now because of people like Lewis that like you're saying. But even before that though, like growing up, it naturally wouldn't have seemed like a reality, I imagine. No, I mean, we had like Leon Jackson win the X Factor and that was big. When I was like a, a small child, that happened. So that was quite mm. big because he worked at like the local shopping centre and stuff so that was good but I think as well you kind of knew that like okay no one else from here is going to win the X Factor again that won't happen twice (laughs) and the thing I was going to say was people even now at the level I'm at which is entry level do you know what I mean like it's just about at the beginning it's a little bit more than a beginner but it's not anywhere near a, a, a rising star or anything but even now at this point in, in my journey where I'm from people still comment on how well I'm doing and stuff which is really nice because they're acknowledging that I've made that step to go from essentially nothing to trying to to make mm. those steps to actually build a career out of it so I think people are also becoming aware of how you can blow up overnight and you can do all these different things with with creative careers now so you'll probably be the same where you're from people will be really hopefully a a few people will be really happy for you yeah now you're going away 
I think so and if, I just think like I, I can't remember which guest I was saying this to because there's been so many now but it's just like even the notion that you're actually trying to do it for a career is like I think it's amazing it might have actually been yeah. Matt from Brownwood that said this like it's just even the, the notion that you do you actually have pursuing this and like making it a job is like just amazing and like I think people just like good for you you know yeah. just actually doing it which is great I think ultimately whenever I get down about it I have to just say to myself ultimately if I didn't if I didn't do it what would I be doing and if someone said okay you can quit tomorrow and every all the stress and everything will be gone would you and I would I don't think I would like even if someone said you will never get past the level that you're at just now I'd be like well I might as well just keep doing it at this level then because I don't know what I would do without it I don't know what else I would do you know because there's sometimes where I'm sitting at my nine-to-five job and I'm thinking god like it would be nice to just have a free weekend and like not have the stress because I get so stressed as as we've spoke about Mm. it would be amazing to not have that lingering over you that you have a gig at the weekend or because sometimes it can seem like a negative rather than a positive which is rubbish but when you have sort of anxiety or whatever you can talk yourself out of thinking that it's a good thing and I think that's what kind of brings me back down to earth I I go well if I wasn't doing this what would I be doing I would be probably like watching tv at the weekend like I wouldn't really be doing anything else probably spend a bit more time with friends and family but to be honest I'm really introverted so I actually quite like having projects and honing in on them and, and doing them myself and stuff so yeah I think I'm suited to it, even if it doesn't amount to anything. I think I, I'm still enjoying the process. I think that's it. I think that's the advice. I mean, I, I was on the podcast myself for last week's episode because like for like a sort of different wee special thing I did right. with a, a previous guest. And we were talking about this. Like, I think just enjoying the process is the most important thing. Like, I'm not trying to think about it too much and just being like, listen, I'm enjoying where I'm at, enjoying what I'm doing. And that, I think that's the most important thing. But while we're sort of on this, I, I want to talk more about your music specifically and go into a bit more detail on it in a minute. But just sort of more widely before we go into that, I sort of wanted to ask, quickly about like just the Scottish music scene so I was saying this to you before you came on when we're ch- chatting off air there's just such a lovely positivity about it in a way that I haven't really experienced anywhere else whenever when I've had like you know Zach from Dictator or, or Matt from Brown Bear or you know like Fiona Lydell and stuff like the, the sort of buzz on Twitter you get from that it's just so different to any other guest like it's such a supportive scene and you all like sort of talk about each other very positively and it just seems very nice so like what's it sort of been like to be part of that and to have sort of been welcomed in by that I mean the people that you've mentioned are people that I really really respect in the the music scene I think a lot of people really respect in the music scene so I think the fact that they're such advocators for it and they're the, the kind of people who a lot of us are looking up to those three that you've mentioned a lot of us look to them in terms of leaders and stuff in the sort of indie community so the fact that they're leading by example and they're sharing stuff and they're constantly like Fiona has her like her playlist and stuff that she creates like she doesn't need to do that she doesn't doesn't need to advertise other people's music and not get anything out of it herself but she does that because she has a passion for it and I think as well Matt talks about it a lot that like if we can create this 
seen then people are going to want a piece of it so like if we're all building each other up then eventually people are going to see that and go okay this is actually something to invest in this is something that is a really positive thing in a world that right now isn't overly positive in a lot of aspects so and people like you know Zach from Dictator he runs the 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 Twitter account and stuff and he's constantly sharing new artists and stuff I think it's just I think a lot of them have realized maybe taking a step back from how it used to be and looked at it and been like this isn't how we want it to be everyone fighting for one space and up against each other sort of thing we want it to be more inclusive we want people to feel more welcomed into it when they do begin and that's how I felt when I first began like there was never a sort of in West Lothian anyway there was never a sort of clique like oh you're not welcome here because you've just you've just started or you need to earn a certain you know amount of gigs or accolade or whatever it was just like oh you're you're a new singer cool like well we've got a gig next week do you want to come or we're do you want to support us at this or I think you realize that the more you support people the more fulfillment you get out of it because you're seeing other people do well and it gives you the impetus to be like okay so Mm. and and to me that's how I've always felt about life in general I've never kind of I think I would have really struggled if I came into the music industry and if it had been the way that they all talk about the way it used to be I think I would have really really struggled with that because I am someone who wants to see everyone do well and doesn't want to leave people out it's one of my like main things in life I never want to exclude anybody I always want everyone to feel welcome in my company and something that I've always valued like a value I've always had since a really young age so yeah it makes sense to me that it's like this but I'm very grateful that the people who were sort of pioneering it a little before before I came on this scene have sort of paved the way for it so all I can do is just keep going with that and anybody who comes to me that's sort of starting out or anything and I'm sort of a little bit more experienced than them all I can do is just keep passing the baton and, and sharing knowledge and skills and experience through them like a lot of my friends who are especially women like a lot of the time it can be really easy to feel isolated and feel like you're not really part of 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 things and I try my best to share experiences with them so that maybe something that has gone wrong with the experience I had they can learn from it before it even happens to them because yeah there what there wasn't really many women that I could look up to in West Lothian at the time because there wasn't really many women but now there is and they've all sort of came out the woodwork and it's really cool to support each other yeah no definitely and it, it's a great mindset to have and a great way to be I think is just to want everyone to do well and sort of root for other people as well as yourself I, I just I hate this industry when it's competitive it's like I don't want to be in competition with anyone like if I you know I, there's so many amazing podcasts out there as well that like and you know I don't see them as a rival I'm just like they're good as well they're just it's their own thing you know and yeah. I, why would you want to go into competition it's, it's I think it's a great way to be and I'm glad that sort of seems sort of like that and it isn't what it used to be I think my industry could learn a lot from that I'm not having a you know I think my direct circle is lovely I'm not having to go at anyone particularly but I just think as an industry it's not got to that point yet and it needs to change definitely so they could learn a few things from that and it's also lovely to hear there's more women in sort of for you to sort of speak to and doing the same thing as you as well it's great to hear yeah there, there definitely was women there but I think like the more I reached out the more it was kind of like okay yeah like not saying that any of them were unwelcoming it was just there wasn't it wasn't as prev- prevalent in the circles that I was in there wasn't really any women I was often the only one I think a lot I think when I first started a few of the women that were sort of older than me doing it had sort of taken a break because they weren't feeling as fulfilled or whatever I don't I don't know but it's interesting that you say that about podcasts because I think each podcast has such a, a unique thing like I can listen to your podcast and like 
listen to a dancer or a filmmaker or whatever talk about what they're doing and then I can go and listen to like a football podcast but they also like amalgamate the music aspect of it as well like I've been on different podcasts that have music influences but also talk about other stuff so it doesn't feel like it needs to rival because they've not got the same premise yeah 100% um, and they just shouldn't anyway like with anything like it's like in t- yeah. you know it's like if I like a tv show that another company that isn't the one I work for makes I'm not who cares they're both good like I don't know I yeah. just it's just a good way to live but very very quickly before I ask about your music I'll keep things sticking on because I know we would already be speaking for a minute this is the problem it's always great chat and I'm like <laughs> My God, it's 10 past seven already, but it's cool. It doesn't help that I'm an absolute gab, sorry. No, you're fine. No, listen, I love it when it become, you don't, you know, you just go on tangents. It's brilliant. I think it's the, what podcasting's for. It's a lot, it's a proper conversation. But just very quickly, do you have a favourite word or phrase from like the sort of town you're from and village you're from even, I should say, from Calder? Yes, I do. And it is, I'll chum you. Love it. Do you have that? <laughs> I, I know the word, yeah. Like, I'll chum you to the shop or something. That's a good word. Yeah, I would say that back home as well. Right, good, good. Because it must be a sort of East... I think it is an East, or East, East Coast, yeah. Yeah, because, as I say, I spent a lot of time in Glasgow and I would say that to people at the Acton Academy and they'd be like, what does chum mean? Is that like a sexual thing or something? And I'm like, no, it means I'm going to come with you to the toilet or something. Like... <laughs> <laughs> maybe a bad choice of words there but yeah yeah, yeah. maybe you have said that it means I'm going to come with the shop <laughs> yeah yeah but did you, you know being sort of between both Glasgow and Edinburgh sort of east and west like almost in the middle do you, do you ever feel like a sort of pull between one or the other like do you, do you ever do you feel like you've got a bit of both the cultures because I'm definitely east coast because I'm from Fife but like how do, do you right. feel like you have both cultures influenced you? 100%. It, I mean, where I'm from, it is, it's known for the overspill from Edinburgh and Glasgow. So mm. that's how my mum and dad met. My mum's from Edinburgh and my dad's from Glasgow. So I have like two sides of my family. Yeah. And then obviously I'm saying as well that the transport links to Edinburgh were so much better. So I spent a lot of time in Edinburgh. But then the places that I socialised mainly were Glasgow. And I always thought I would end up in Glasgow. And for a while, I was looking at flats in Glasgow but then I got a job in Edinburgh so I've ended up living in Edinburgh and for so long I was such a Glasgow gal I was like Glasgow's the best Edinburgh's rubbish and now I love Edinburgh I could not I don't want to live anywhere else I absolutely love it here and I love Dubai yeah I always thought Edinburgh would be a lot more pretentious but I've not everybody I've met has been really nice yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I've, I've loved living here for the last eight years. And, I, you know, as you were saying, you're in Leaf, which is particularly not very pretentious at all. Leaf's got a lot of edge to it. It's a great place. Hello, it's Jamie here. You may have heard this advert several times before, but if not, this is basically just me taking a minute to remind you guys that if you're enjoying the podcast, there are a number of things you can do to help us keep growing. Now, as many of you might be aware, the podcasting landscape is incredibly saturated. And I mean, there's lots of podcasts. We all love podcasts. But it's very difficult for independent podcasts like us to sometimes break through and to be noticed. So doing things like sharing us on social media, word of mouth, and just telling friends and family to listen, or even leaving us a little five-star review on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts go so far in helping us to keep growing. Me and Elliot adore this podcast. We love making this podcast. So if you're able to help in any way by doing something like that, we'd be incredibly grateful, not just for our podcast, but if you love any independent podcasts, 
please try and give them a wee share or give them a review because it, it goes so far. Another thing you can do if you enjoy the podcast as well, and we appreciate that this is a very difficult time, but if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us, you can donate as little or as much as you like to our Patreon page, and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash job, or you can click the link in the show notes. Anything you can afford, we are very grateful for. Thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. But I'll start talking about your music now because I've, I've, so I've been men- meaning to, to ask you about it for like the last 10 minutes. I keep getting sidetracked by other questions, but it's all good. It's all good. But obviously in lockdown, you sort of released your first single, which was Your Smoke. So like, just first, I want to start with that. Like that, What was that like putting your first single? That must be really exciting. Like, how did that come about? It was really exciting. It was a song that I'd been sitting on for a wee while, a good while. And I wanted to get it developed into... I sort of it was it was crazy because I wanted it developed in a sort of rock song like indie rock which was completely different from the final outcome so I started Sylvie with my friend and we're no longer a duo it's just me going ahead with it now but we started it initially and it was when you were allowed to sort of go into houses so we mm-hmm. half remote recorded and half actually recorded the the single and it was really weird because like we hadn't done a gig and we hadn't created a social media presence at all and we were just basically like hi we're just going to release this single and hope you like it it ended up doing way better than what we thought it would and from that just it started and it's never really stopped since then it's just really really nice the response that it's been each time I've released something it's been a better response than the last as well yeah four singles out just now because it's obviously that that's not love wish you'd stay and then your newest one rain as well and they're all quite different they're all quite different i think yeah do you have like a favorite of those singles or i mean that's a horrible question to ask someone because i know you love them all in different ways but like is there one that you may be most proud of or you think speaks to you your sort of voice the most or something i think song wise i think i'm most proud of that's not love just like lyrically and stuff i think i don't know where it came from i, I if you asked me to write one like that again I don't think I would be able to I love like the vibe of your smoke I would like to do more songs like that but I recently put mm. up a poll on my Instagram and and I thought it was going to be one of those two that people thought was their favorite one but they actually said it was rain and I do like rain but I don't think I'll ever release anything like rain again so it's interesting that I'm a bit mm. conflicted now because people have said that that's been their favorite one so far yeah. and I'm like it, but I think I, Rain's probably the most different of the songs in the sense that because it's more it's got the more of the spoken word stuff in it right than the others do yeah exactly yeah yeah and I was I was playing about with it for a while and I'm still playing about with that aspect of myself as an artist because I do love doing that but I think as you say they're all four are quite different I want to try and I, I was kind of doing that as a sort of experiment to find my own sound and what I prefer singing and then now I'm getting to sing it live and I'm finding out which one's I prefer singing to audiences and stuff and I think now I want to go down the sort of pop soul pop kind of route 
and rain doesn't really come under that so I don't know I don't know what's happening in the future but yeah I'll just keep playing about yeah. with it until I find something I, I think that's fun though that you're playing about it and, and it's not that it doesn't mean you know none of them it's not a bad thing that they're different I think that's actually cool because it shows the range that you sort of have musically and stuff yeah it's what, what's the sort of process for you creating the song like recording it and stuff like how does that all work like how do you sort of come about with the initial idea of taking it to the end of the and releasing it so usually it'll be something's annoyed me all of my songs either I'm well I'm, I'm sad that's like the main thing and then that acts as a catalyst to needing to get something out my system and then I sort of just usually go to a guitar or a ukulele whatever's closest and then just get like a sort of chord progression that I feel fits the mood that I want it to be and then from the chord progression I sort of improvise over it whether it be words or just melodies kind of like you know and then from that I, I record that and then listen to it back and then think what words would fit quite well with that that work also with the mood that I'm in at that point and then just try rhyme try rhyme everything <laughs> make yeah, sure it yeah. and it, it sort of feels like it right I mean pe- this, without sounding pretentious like I think a lot of people maybe feel like this like it just kind of ends up unraveling itself like you're kind of like all right okay uh, that's what I've just wrote all right I couldn't tell you that just now but that's what I wrote five minutes ago so that's what the song is going to be basically yeah I'm not saying I believe this right but like I think it's Keith Richards that said that. I've got this amazing book by me on the shelf there I think it's called Isles of Noise and it's like interviews with like 20 I think it's 27 different songwriters like everyone from like Noel Gallagher to like I think Amy Winehouse might have even been in, done a wee thing and I don't, I don't know if she's in that actually she, I'm not sure if I don't think it is Amy Winehouse I don't think she was maybe it was I can't remember <laughs> lots of various musicians anyway like really big people like and I think Keith Richards it might be that said this but like he sort of believes that like when he's like writing a song it's like he's fishing or something and it sort of all it comes to him at that right moment and I'm not saying I believe that but I think there's something really I, I kind of wish that was true like there's something really romantic about that I don't know like the idea that you are writing and then it sort of so it almost comes to you and you sort of are able to pluck it out of the air or something like a lyric no. or a melody I don't know I, I don't know what I'm even talking about it's a load of mints probably but like I don't know I think there's something lovely about that idea yeah did you when you were in bands did you write songs not a, no. like a little bit like we have a couple of songs like I wouldn't say they were very very good like I wouldn't you know I wouldn't call it songwriting I mean if I was listening for example one of your songs that to me is songwriting what I did wasn't but you know I, I suppose <laughs> it's a very early on form yeah right yeah because I I was just I was interested to see if you agreed because I do I kind of do agree it's it's and you don't even want to say it out loud because it sounds like you're just being a weirdo Mm. but that's why I thought I would float it I was interested because I think a lot of musicians sort of have hinted to me that they also feel the same yeah I think honestly sometimes after I've wrote it I'm like I I didn't even realize I felt like that like I didn't even realize that I knew that word like and Mm and felt that word in my head but there we go yeah so yeah I think sometimes like people have referred to it as like channeling like they mm. channel something and then they're like the the vessel for it and stuff and that gets a bit deep and I don't know if I'm quite there yet but yeah I do get it to a certain extent yeah yeah I suppose I, I, I've been a writer before and stuff like screenplays and plays and things and I've, I think that is a similar thing like you know you're almost channeling like an idea but I think your brain's picking stuff up that you don't realize subconsciously as well from the art you consume and as you say a mood or a theme no it's just it's really interesting just to, I just think it's nice to hear about people's writing processes and stuff yeah well 
I've, I've got some quick fire questions to rattle through. The first <laughs> of my quick fire questions is, and I love asking people this, but what was the first gig you ever went to see live? Oh my God, the Wombats at the O2 oh, Academy in Glasgow. The O2 Academy was where I, I saw my first gig as well. I saw the vaccines. That was the first venue I ever went to, yeah. Oh, how, like, how sort of, like, 2010s kid was that? Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> or the Wombats at the yeah. Oak Academy. Do you have a Jesus bracelet? <laughs> oh, no, 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 unfortunately not. I wasn't, I'm, I don't think I was cool enough to even know what I, I, I definitely did. Jesus bracelet and frilly socks. I was all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the Wombats since, and I did enjoy seeing them as well. I didn't, because yeah. I got in a mosh pit, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a frail little thing. I'm an only child, and I, I don't enjoy being roughed about, and I left early, and I, I left without my friends, went and got a chippy or a, or a kebab or whatever it was, and I waited for them outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. So you didn't enjoy it at all? No, I did. I enjoyed the songs, but I didn't enjoy the... Yeah, the crowd aspect. And I'm still like that to this day. I, I hate rowdy gigs. I will stand at the back or at the That's side. That's fair. That's really interesting. I would, so since lockdown, I was at Dua Lipa on Sunday, for example, the Hydro, and I feel like my approach to gigs has changed. Like, I can't go... Maybe it's a COVID thing. Like, I'm not comfortable enough yet to be in a big crowd of people in the same way. So now I sort of stand towards the side or the edge. And I kind of... I'm, I'm, in my head, I'm like, maybe this is where I'm at now, the age I'm at. Like... I can consume <laughs> gigs differently but yeah that's really interesting you need to yeah. just do it because there's no point being in the middle of a crowd and hating it and you've paid all that money for a gig mm. I remember I was like that at Marina and the Diamonds I absolutely hated it and I could not get out of the crowd and I didn't enjoy the gig and I paid yeah. you know I paid money to see her and I was really excited to see her because it's again a childhood thing that I listened to when I was younger so yeah if that's what makes you feel safe and secure while you're there then power to you I, absolutely but I think it depends like you know if I go and see like something like the Art of Monkey somebody I absolutely love I kind of, I kind of do want to jump about with my mates and sing, to, sing yeah. along to every song really badly but you know it just depends yeah. I guess yeah it, yeah it really no, depends. absolutely totally primarily very very reserved at gigs but one time I went to see Florence and the Machine and I was obsessed with her at the time. So I mm. went mental and I was sober. I was yeah, yeah. stone cold sober, but I was embarrassing. Like I was <laughs> like, like running around. It's because it was outside as well. So I had loads of space. Yeah, I think festivals are easier, aren't they? Because you have that. Yeah, I, I think maybe that's yeah. something in that as well. well. The next question is sort of on that topic of gigs. Like, Do you have a favourite venue that you'd ever went to see somebody play at? And also, do you have a favourite venue that you'd had the pleasure of also playing yourself? It's a double question. Okay, okay. Do you know what? I went to the Caves like two weeks ago now. I really liked that venue. I thought that was a really, like, it was big. It was big enough, Mm. but it was also still quite intimate. Yeah, and I yeah. like the balcony. Have you been in the caves? I've been to, I saw a, an artist called Withered Hand. I don't know if you'd heard of them. They're sort of Scottish folk artists. They're really good, actually. I've not listened to them for a long time, but I saw them there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, a long yeah. time ago, but it's a very nice venue. Yeah, no, yeah. So I like that. And I also really love, oh, this is so boring, but I also really love a seated gig. So like the Usher Hall. I've nice. been to the gigs there. I just enjoy, do you know what? I just really enjoy not having to look like you're having a good time. Like, I just want to have mm. a good time. That's like, such an interesting point, yeah. Yeah, That's, like... I, you get that ever at gigs where people sort of come up to you and they're like, sort of almost like, why not? I'm fun. And it's like, I'm just enjoying the gig. I'm, you know, maybe I've yeah. got like a resting, like miserable face or something. Maybe that's it, but... Exactly, no, exactly that. Like, I think, see when you're at the cinema or if you're at the theatre or whatever, you do just sit and consume it or like watch mm. TV. No matter, even if you're having the time of your life, your face doesn't say that. You're just yeah. enjoying it for what it is. But for some reason, at a gig, I feel the need to like look like I'm enjoying it otherwise it looks true so I love venues that you can sit because you can kind of like sway along or whatever but you don't need to be like 
you know yeah yeah yeah. so yeah so yeah that's and maybe that's just another introverted thing that I just can't bother jumping about but yeah I just don't have the energy for it Mm. and in terms of venues that you'd played yourself do you have a favorite I really liked um the sound at PJ Malotti's I really liked that um but I didn't like the layout of the venue I didn't like how the bar was right next to the stage I quite like stereo actually I thought stereo was was a pretty good venue as well yeah, and, and we're, again, speaking about this off air, but you're playing King Tut's very soon as well, aren't you? Have you you've never played there yet, have you? Is this going to be the first time? Yes, yes. Yeah, so That's very gonna, exciting. Yeah. It's very exciting. And it was supposed, it, it's rescheduled. So it was supposed to be January 2022, but it's all the way to May. So it's for the New Year's Revolution Festival, but it's in May. So um, <laughs> it was, I think it was because it was a Saturday night. They couldn't get like another Saturday night until May. Yeah, so I'm really, really excited. And... I've got quite a few people coming to that so I think it'll be one it will be the biggest gig that I've done to date in terms of my own sort of Mm. crowd and stuff so that'll be I don't even know how to feel about that because it's such an iconic venue and it's it'll be one of the first gigs I do with my full band yeah so, no it'll be very exciting yeah. though I'm sure it'll be great I like how I said this going to be quick fire and I've totally it's not even been you it's been me I've just sort of like went off in tangents again oh it's all good it's all good no, um, I've contributed to it. <laughs> don't take the blame okay another another sort of the on these questions is is there an album you find that you go back to the most? So not even necessarily your favourite album, but just an album that you maybe go back to more than other albums? I love, oh God, I love August and Everything After by Counting Crows. I don't know if you... No, I don't actually know it very well at all. I, I'm familiar with the artist or the band, but I don't, I don't think I've listened to them properly. So I'll definitely check that out. It's, do you know what? I think it's because it, I played it a lot when I was younger. So it kind of reminds me of times in my life when I've played it also Undiscovered by James Morrison that was a sort that was an album that I listened to a lot when I was young it got me through sort of high school and primary school and stuff so yeah probably those two I also love Lizzo's album Cause I Love You deluxe edition that's like my hype album it's a good album to listen to in the gym that one actually yeah yeah that would be good <laughs> if I went to the gym I'm sure I would listen to it <laughs> Uh, it's just any exercise or shit you know not, not just the gym to be to be specific another good answer good answers and then the sort of last of these quick fiery ones which haven't been really quick fire, but you know what I mean it's like in, instead of asking you what your favorite band was or artist is because that seems obvious I was going to ask you do you have a favorite name of an artist or a band so like a band or an artist you really like the name of that not even necessarily the music you just love their name that's such a good question do you know the name that's came to my mind the vegan leather I think that's brilliant. That's a really good um, answer to that. Yeah, I was trying to think what my one would be for this question when I was when I was writing this earlier, and I don't even think I've really listened to this band's music. They're they're in the Scottish scene, but there's a band called Pizza Crunch, and I think that's a great name for a band. Yeah. Yeah, I do you know what I've not seen them either, but it is a very good name. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's very good. Well, I know we've been speaking for actually nearly coming up an hour, so I'll start to wrap things up. I've got a few more questions, so if you have time, don't worry if you like need to rush or anything. You know, I'm fine. As long as you are as well. Yeah, yeah, no, it's. Fine, absolutely fine. I forgot I was even hungover, so there you go, Jodie. It's, it's been good. So you help, you'd help me overcome it. There we go. There you go, I'm a hangover cure without even doing it. <laughs> yeah well this this is a sort of question I've only sort of been asking for a few weeks uh, and it a lot of, I don't know it feels self-indulgent but at the same time I don't think it is I think it's lovely answer to it's a lovely question for people to answer but it's what are you sort of most proud of as an artist and a creative so far I mean the first thing that comes to mind is actually getting on stage and and doing it um because mm. I've just been through I've been through so many times where I've like had so many meltdowns about it and the fact that I still push through and and do it like I had two gigs the other week one on the Friday night and one on the Sunday night and the whole week 
I was so close to being like, should I just cancel these? Because I physically, my brain can't, my brain and my body and my mind, like I can't handle this stress. Mm. I was so, so worked up about it. And I just kept pushing through and I kept pushing through. And I did it. And the feeling I have now of like looking back at that and being like, I can't believe I did that. Like to me in my brain, I can't comprehend that I actually got through that and did it. So now all these stressful things that I'm thinking about in the future, I'm like, well, you can just do that. Like you did those, those things. Cause at the time you thought it was the end of the bloody world. but it wasn't and you're here and you're still alive and you did it so and it didn't go completely awful so just get on with it basically so yeah just I think my main thing I'm, I'm proud of is getting over myself getting over like my brain and the voice in my head that tells me I can't do it basically yeah no that's that's love the answer to that question yeah and that's brilliant that you sort of I feel like you are at that point now which is well it's really nice well there's sort of another question which one of the ones I sent you ahead what do you sort of think three of the most essential skills are for anyone that maybe wants to be a musician or work in music or anything like are there other like sort of three particular skills you think everyone would benefit from having yeah I think I think you have to be quite thick-skinned because at this point you're not that popular so when you get a negative comment it feels like way bigger than it actually is so like there's been a few times where I've been really badly knocked whether it be someone saying just something as simple as like I I don't want to review your single it's not what we would usually review or something it has me going well that's it my music career is over like they don't like it but not necessarily because you just need to learn that not everybody's going to love what you do so I think having a thick skin and just believing in what you're doing regardless of what other people say I think timekeeping needs to be one that Mm. a lot of the time you can turn up to rehearsal and it really really pays for everybody to be ready to go from the beginning because then you're getting the the maximum amount of of rehearsal time and I think I think you need to be a nice person I think you just need to (laughs) Like you need to want to support people and you need to also when people, when you're around, whether that be backstage or whether that be after the show or whatever, no matter who you come across, you need to be appreciative of what they've done to either make the night go ahead that night or the fact that they bought a ticket or whatever. And I think I'm surrounding myself with a lot of people who are who are that way, which is great. But in my experience, there have been people who have been not nice people and it really sometimes can ruin something that was a really good night. You can have mm. a bad experience because someone was rude or whatever. So yeah, I think like it also pays to be nice. Like everybody is wanting each other to do well. So if if you're an, if you're a nice person, then people will want you to do well. And I don't need to consciously think like be nice. I mean for other people, like a lot of the time some people just aren't that nice. I totally no, I totally agree. I think it's a an, an essential skill in, in any part of life to have. But I just think if you're nice, it's much more likely that people are going to want to work with you as well. And people just enjoy being around you. I genuinely think you could you could be the most talented person in the world, but if you're an arsehole, like it's I think somebody that's maybe less talented but nice will probably make it ahead of you in some cases. Genuinely. No, you're totally right. Because exactly what you say, there's so much competition now that there's always going to be someone more talented or whatever. So if you've got that one thing that you're hard to work with or whatever, then people aren't going to want it. They'll find someone else because there's so much now. Everyone's so overexposed to all these people who are like making covers in their bedroom or making actual full songs in their bedroom. Like you don't need to be discovered like the way that it used to be in the olden days, like Johnny Cash having to go around all the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the record labels and stuff. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. Don't wanna fail, but I'm running away. Just-
two more questions for you and this was the this is the job one which i know you're a fan of but uh, obviously the name of the podcast is just get a real job we'd all have to work part-time jobs or quote real jobs that we don't like to support ourselves as an artist but what's the worst part-time job or worst real job you'd ever had to work to support yourself as a musician okay so side note i still work full-time i don't okay. do this. well it's definitely not name this company then you better be careful yeah no no, <laughs> no i love i love the job i have just now it's it's the best job i've ever had okay so making sure you weren't gonna throw them under the bus that's fine <laughs> imagine imagine uh, i was gonna be like well, maybe advise against but no okay that's fair so i interrupted <laughs> no you're fine i have i've literally up until this job and the job before this i worked every single job i would come home in tears like i hated them they were the worst jobs ever so notable mentions go to the vegetable factory that i sprained my wrist in on my first day and still had to work like oh for the rest for the rest of the time i was there i think i lasted 10 days um, but that I think a lot of that was because I sprained my wrist and I was in a lot of pain and I was waking up in the middle of the night with like ghost arm like I couldn't feel my arm but that was because on my first day they were working me so hard peeling I can't remember what it was called it's like a spiky cabbage I don't know what it is but they were like needing you to like go really quick and peel this mm. thing with a potato peeler and it wasn't even any good so that was awful that was genuinely and you got like you got 20 minutes for your break but in that time you had to undress from your overalls yeah, and all yeah. that and run to the cafe day where you were eating and I'm a really slow eater so that was honestly just it was torture I could honestly god bless the people who work there in that vegetable factory like I I really take my hat off to them because I lasted 10 days it was awful but the worst job by far was it, it rhymes with Ted's Minor and it was a restaurant and it was the it was the worst thing I've ever done in my life I would come home every day in tears they would shout at me for not polishing cutlery right people would shout at you because you brought stuff out like earlier than their burger it was just crazy but it it was actually pretty good money because when people tipped, they actually tipped really good, which is strange because it was like a a, a, a minor. It was a minor. Beginning <laughs> of the tea, though. Um, I love when guests do that. It's always fun. People can figure it out for themselves. <laughs> I think they're in liquidation now anyway. So who had the last one? Uh, I know. Well, okay. Full circle, eh? Comes back to bite you. <laughs> yeah. They were horrible. They were horrific. They would make you clean the toilet and then go back oh, out to the restaurant and serve food. That's the worst. I, I worked in a Chinese once. The worst job I've ever had. It was horrendous. It was just like a similar thing where it's just like we were getting paid. The money wasn't even good though. It was like illegal. It was like 30 pounds a night for like a seven hour shift and stuff like that. It was horrible. <laughs> giving me, you're giving me some flashbacks of that actually. It's, ugh, still shudder at the thought. <laughs> yeah progress though you're happy we are oh of course yeah i'm very lucky i'm very lucky now to not to be in a job i actually want to be in etc well the last question jody we, we got to the end finally but it's been it's been, it's been lovely having you on it's, it's been a really enjoyable conversation well can i just say thank you for having me it's been brilliant thank you for this no problem no problem but jody it's been it's been lovely having you on i just have one more question for you which we'd love to close the podcast off and giving some great advice for it but like what would your closing advice be to anyone that wants to get into the music industry 
Okay, I've thought about this. And my advice is, if you don't know where to start, jump into the deep end and put yourself out there for gigs or put out that song that you've that you've had an idea for for ages or whatever if you don't have the money to do it do it yourself like find a way to get stuff out there because then you're going to immerse yourself in the community and then you're going to meet people who can then help you take what you have and make it better basically so and if you hate what you do if you jump in to the deep end and absolutely hate it, then you now know what you don't want to do and you now have a better idea and are on a, a closer path to what you do eventually want to do. So my advice is jump into the deep end and you can always reel yourself back in, mm. take time away, do you know any kind of work on yourself or your craft or whatever it is and then go back to it and keep doing that until you dip into something that you really enjoy and that you have fulfillment out of because I've had to do that a few times I've had to dip in and out until I found and I'm still doing that I'm like trying to not book any more gigs this year so that I have time at the end of the year to just not have to focus on anything and just go back to writing and go back to being in a studio and stuff but when I first started I didn't have money to do it either it's just about like trying to put out any the best that you can do just now put it out and then if you know you can do better let people see your potential and sell it to people as okay if you can help me do this better help help me progress and you will meet people there'll be people out there who are either at a higher level than you that want to help or at the same level as you and if you all club together you'll you'll get shit done yeah i think that's a brilliant um thing to close on um it's really really good advice i don't think you'd had an answer quite like that either so thank you for sharing that and jenny thank you very much jody and just quickly as well like we'll obviously plug your music underneath the show notes and stuff like that and like we'll put some samples on the episode from your songs and things but like if we're allowed to that is obviously I'd check with you first yeah, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> um, but like have you got any other gigs coming up you quickly like to plug just for anyone listening that might be in scotland in particular that could come and see i have a headline show in august that hasn't been announced so please keep it in your diary it's a sunday in august i'm not allowed to say anything okay. more but if you can keep me in yeah. mind for for that i would love for everybody who would like to 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 be there i think it's going to be a really great night so yeah. I'll definitely yeah. make sure to be there myself because I'd love to see you live because as I said I've not, not had the experience to do that um, and also that this when this episode comes in a few weeks it may well have been announced anyway so the listeners might already know um, which is great but thank you so much for your time Jodie and I wish you all the best with your music and gigs for the rest of the year thank you thank you so much and I, I really really love this podcast so thank you for having me and I'm looking forward to, to meeting you as well thank you very much well there you go that was my conversation with Jodie Thank you again to her for her time. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure to have her on. Remember as well, she's got some gigs coming up soon. I think there's one in a couple of weeks' time at King Tut's. There's a link to her link tree underneath the podcast, so you can find out more about it there. Be sure to go and check out Sylvie's music as well. It's brilliant. And you already have had a taster, so I'm sure you enjoyed that. Remember as always, we're an independent podcast, so if you have enjoyed today's episode and you're not fed up of me waffling on, be sure to share this with friends and family. If you know somebody that might like this podcast or you know a friend that might get something out of listening to this podcast please tell them to listen share it on social media all that stuff goes a long long way we are also as i said before an independent podcast so we make to be honest i make a loss making this podcast i do it because i love it but if you can afford to donate as little or as much as you can to our patreon i know there's a cost of living crisis on but even if it's two or three pounds a month that goes back into the upkeep of this podcast and you can also leave a review on places like apple podcasts i think spotify even does 
uh, podcast reviews now so anything like that helps us be seen by more people and we can find new listeners and keep growing but anyway that's all we have time for this week we'll be back in next tuesday with another episode of just get a real job but until then have a lovely week just get a real job